Welcome to Top Talk, where we take critical conversations to the cross of Christ and examine world events through a biblical worldview. Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, T.O.P. Talks, Breast Cancer Awareness. I am so super excited to be here today to share um, on this platform with some phenomenal ladies that you're going to meet. But what I want to do now is as we celebrate this month, this month is October, which, you know, all, all around the nation, people are celebrating breast cancer awareness. I want to take just a moment to think about those that have stepped from this life into eternity. And I want us just to take a moment as we think about our loved ones, our moms, our, our sisters, our aunties, or friends, or whomever. Let's just take a moment as we remember them. Thank you. And again, again, I'm Deborah Toulay. I'm here today, um, and we are so, so excited to be able to share some information concerning breast cancer awareness here on TOP Talks. What I want you to do right now, though, do me a huge favor. Take a moment and go on and share the broadcast today. Share it. Um, I believe that it's going to be inspirational. It's going to be motivational. It's going to encourage, educate, and inspire. So go on and take a moment and share um, the broadcast on your platform. I'm excited to get started. Um, I'm Deborah Toulay. I am an eight-year breast cancer survivor. I was diagnosed at the age of 50. And what I'm going to do right now is just read to you the definition of breast cancer, and then we're going to get started with our panel. What is breast cancer? Breast cancer is a common term for a cancerous malignant tumor that starts in the cells that line the ducts and or lobes of the breast. Breast cancer is not one disease. Rather, it is several diseases that behave differently. Breast cancer is a disease that affects both the body and the mind. Beyond the obvious stress of being diagnosed and needing various treatments, one may also experience unexpected physical changes. Now, when statistics show that one in every eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer, ladies. I want you to go on and, and just tell us who you are, um, how old you were when you were diagnosed, your survivorship, and what are your thoughts around the importance of early detection? Um, hello, my name is Cheryl Hoskins. I was diagnosed at age 46. Um, I have... Um, been a cancer survivor now for um, two years. Um, early detection is um, very important um, because if they detect it early enough, um, that means you have more treatment options and um, possibly that that cancer is just in maybe just one breast. And, um, you know, being small, um, you know, catching it probably in a stage one, that's where mammograms are a routine mammogram is extremely important um, in order, um, you know, to find this at a at an early stage. So it's it's very important. Hi, my name is Helen Chambers. Uh, I was diagnosed with um, breast cancer at the age of sixty nine, and it is important to have a mammogram. I had put mine off for a while, but. You should never do that. When it's your time, please make it a top issue to have a mammogram because this could save your life. It could also keep you from maybe having surgery if it's diagnosed early enough and they can catch it. And like Cheryl said, then you can have top, uh, more options as to what you need to do. And my name is Erica Stowe, and I am a four-year survivor. I was diagnosed at the age of 42, and I think that early detection is key because I, I, mine was found in a mammogram. I would not have been able to feel it at home. So without that mammogram, I could have gone to a worse state. Uh, even where it was, I was still stage two, 
but it was that was in one year because I do receive an annual mammogram. So it's very important to get that mammogram done annually. And if you should receive a call back for a mammogram, please respond. Don't don't not respond out of fear. My name is Denise Brown. I was diagnosed with um, breast cancer in 2003. I was 45 and I was the only way I found out is through a mammogram. And it was uh, a scheduled mammogram, a yearly um, appointment. And I was in the fourth stage. But to God be the glory, he brought me through it. Amen. Amen. Wow. As you, as you can see and hear, breast cancer doesn't discriminate. It can affect you at any age. But the most important thing for us to remember is that you know, at the end of the day, our lives are in God's hands. We trust the Lord. So we want to always remember that because different symptoms occur in, in different people's bodies. You know, ladies, just share with me, you know, a little bit about your symptoms. And once you were diagnosed, what was your emotional state at that point? When, when you heard that C word, oftentimes when people hear that word, that word is synonymous with the word death sentence. How was it for you when, when, you know, what were your initial symptoms and, and how was your emotional state once you found out that you had breast cancer? For me, um, I, I would not have um, ever found um, my tumor just with a normal um, monthly breast exam that, you know, they tell you to do, you know, around the time of your menstrual cycle. Um, I had gone um, maybe... Uh, I had passed the time where I really needed a, a mammogram. Um, so um, I was taking a shower and um, noticed this cloudy um, substance um, leaking um, from my breast. And um, I made an appointment um, to see my family doctor, but they um, sent me to a surgeon. And after seeing that surgeon, um, I went um, to get a mammogram. I got a mammogram and an ultrasound. And they were doing a lot of fumbling around. So back and forth with um, the radiologist. And at, at that time in my mind, I figured that they must have found something. Um, but I went for a biopsy and um, two days later, I got the call to say um, that I had cancer. Um, initially, um, I didn't know um, how to feel. Um, but I think after, you know, calling my family and letting my family know, you know, then at that time is when I became very emotional and it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. And like you say, it's, um, you know, hearing that a lot of times we feel like it's a death sentence. So it, um, it took me a minute to try to get myself together. So staying around positive people is very important. When I first found out, well, I wouldn't have never found it because of the location where it was. It wasn't on the breast. It was higher up under the arm. Uh, and the only way that they found, after they did my mammogram, uh, they called in uh, the doctor and she ordered um, me to have an ultrasound done. Okay, first I was in disbelief when they say, with girl told me, she said, you, you know, it might be cancer. I said, no, because I was so used to having abscesses on my breast. So, you know, that's the first thing I thought. So as I laid on the table, I said, God, whatever it may be, I know you can handle it. So when she came back in and she told me that I hadn't even had a biopsy then, that it was cancer, they thought it was cancer. My first thought was, okay, I thought, well, God, you know, I've been quoting the scripture on and off, you know, by your stripes, I'm healed. So what is this guy? You know, not that I was, I was questioning him, but not in a negative way. So I would, I wasn't upset. I wasn't shocked, but I just felt like, okay, what we do now. So after that, they they sent me to a doctor, uh, sent me to an uh, oncologist. Made, and we made arrangements for that. And then we made arrangements for uh, to a surgeon 
And um, after that, I, I didn't tell my family. It took me from October to December to tell them because I wanted to get the holidays out of the way. But I had told my sister and who I'm close to. But I told her, but like I said, we prayed about it. And I said, whatever it's God's will, it will be. Amen. Amen. The cancer was found. The tumor was found by way of mammogram. So I did not have any symptoms. I had no pain. No, I, I could not feel it during a normal a monthly self-exam, which sometimes I didn't do um, every month like I should have. But uh, I... I as Sister Helen stated, I had had some uh, cysts and some other abnormalities. So I'd had some prior um, biopsy work done. And, and during that biopsy, you, you, are, you develop scar tissue. And the scar tissue can feel like a lump. So I trained myself to feel scar tissue and a lump feels like scar tissue. So um, thankfully, they found it in the mammogram and moved from there. But I did not experience any other symptoms outside of my body that I could that I could personally feel. Um, the emotional uh, side of it, thankfully, I was kind of prepared because they didn't call me on the phone. I went back in for an appointment, so I was kind of prepared for the news one way or another. And I had already prayed. Uh, I, I, a couple of people knew what was going on. So whenever I got the news, I was kind of prepared um, to, to walk in faith from that point. So um, I can't say that I started on an emotional roller coaster because I was anticipating news one way or another. Praise the Lord. Um, my day was very unusual and Everything happened in one day. When I got the mammogram, and you could tell when something is going on by the faces of others and then bringing other people in the room. And after the mammogram, they immediately gave me Then they gave me the biopsy. So by going through these steps, I kind of knew that something was wrong because all of this was done in one day. And yes, I pleaded the blood, I bind everything, and you know, and I went on. They didn't tell me at the office and it was Valentine's Day and I was newly married. And when I got home, I was preparing things for when my husband got off from work and I got a call and the doctor and he said, Miss Brown, you have cancer. And I like flopped back on the bed because it was so unusual to me that he told me this on the phone. He didn't bother to say, come in and bring somebody with you. But he told me on the phone. So the whole day kind of like threw me off. And from there, it was in God's hands. That's, that's the best I can say. From there, it was in God's hands. Amen. Amen. And let's take a moment. We want to pause and, and thank um, Bishop Alfred Jackson and Lady Gladys Jackson for allowing us to have this time and to have this platform to share what we believe is a very important topic. And as, if you're just joining us, just want to say thank you for being here. Make sure you push the button to share um, this broadcast because we believe that this information is definitely going to educate, encourage, and we are going to inspire someone um, to be empowered on a breast cancer journey. So we're grateful that you're here, grateful that you tuned in. I wanna move in a different direction a little bit. And I know everyone on here is a believer. And I want you to, to talk about this from the perspective of someone who may not be a believer, but they've decided to, to join in us, with us today because we can preach down the heavens to the believers. But what I want you to think about as you answer this next question, you talking to somebody who may not believe, but who has received a breast cancer diagnosis. And I'm gonna read this. It says, I remember worrying about what the scars would look like. I remember worrying about what my bald head would look like. I've learned that little things like that don't really matter. What matters most is that I am beautiful and I know that I am of the beloved. So I want you to speak to whoever is on the other side, you know, today. And I want you to share a word of encouragement. What, you know, scripture, what song, what helped you to get through um, this journey? There were um, actually two scriptures that um, helped me to um, get through some um, really dark times. And 
Um, that was um, Psalms 118 and 17. I shall not die but live, declares the work of the Lord. And also Jeremiah 29 and 11. For the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a future, a hope and a future. Um, I am, you know, if you're not a believer, I, I encourage um, you to, to still find some scriptures because um, there's life in the word to find some scriptures to be able to help you get through, um, get around some positive people. You have to. You have to get around people that are going to speak life and and not death. Um, again, like I, I stated um, before, um, after I found out I had cancer and I began to talk to family members, um, it was it, by that second day, I felt like I needed to call Robinson Funeral Home and just go ahead and prepare to make funeral arrangements for me. So there oh. was things that I had to do to... Um, to stop that, you know, I had to stop answering my phone. I had to be um, cognizant of what um, was on Facebook. Um, so you have to surround yourself with some positive people, somebody that's going to speak life and not death to you. To be around a person who's um, not a believer, you first have to win their confidence to let them know, to show them what God did for you. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. You just have to build them up in, uh, in a way. Um, I guess, you know, you have to be there to encourage them all the time. And like Cheryl said, give them scripture. Because my scripture was um, Jeremiah thirty seventeen says, God will restore your health. And I just wanted them to see, if you look at me, you see me, you see what God brought me through. He can still do the same thing for you because he loves you. So you just have to instill in them the love of God. You know, um, you just have to let the Holy Spirit work that out for them. But you be there to help them through it and to show them that, you know, everything is not lost because they say the word cancer. And I know people who aren't saved, that's where they start crying, they boohooing, they think they're going to die. But you just have to give them the word. You have to give them the word. You have to, and you stand by them and let them know, you know, I'm with you and I'll help you through this. So, you know, that's, and just like, give them scriptures. Cause somebody gave me a bunch of scriptures to read. And I thank God for that. Cause that encouraged me every day. And, and one of my scriptures, one of my go-to scriptures was in first Peter two. And the portion of the verse where it says, by his wounds, we have been healed. Jesus, Jesus died for my healing. So I stood on that. I, I would recommend declaring the word of God over your life. Declare it until you believe it. Declare it until you receive it in your, for yourself. Um, I, I, God is not a respecter of person. So I look at all of the survivors around me and I say, if he'll heal them and if he can heal them, as Bishop stated earlier, God wants to heal us and he can and he will. Mm -hmm. So I, I took that stance. I had music that I listened to. I just wouldn't allow anything into my spirit, into anything into my presence, uh, being careful about who you're around, being careful about who you allow to speak over you being careful about what you sit and take in. So I listened to, and if it wasn't anything that was biblical or scriptural, I made sure it was clean and it was um, uplifting and no drama in it. I just made sure that I was in a place of peace and happiness and joy. So I would just say that, yes, be careful about who you allow to speak over you during this time, because I, I believe that people, if that depression doesn't help and uh, that your, your life and well-being and your sickness and your mental health can depend a lot on, uh, we have a lot of control over what we allow and how, what state we end up in. Amen. Um, to an unbeliever, I would encourage them to have the power, the will to live. I would have to show them things that what you desire can come true. 
you have to have the will to do something and believe in it. And from there, I would minister to them Christ. But the beginning, I will let them know from within yourself, you have to want to live and pull them through that. With myself, I was reared in prayer. When I got saved, that's where I was. We were reared in prayer. We was taught prayer is the answer. And I've learned that. And when I got the diagnosis, I went to the church and laid on the floor and prayed. And God gave me Isaiah 43 and verse two. And that's where he says he'll take you through the fire and through the flood. And when I read that scripture, I said, God, you want me to go through? And from that, whatever stage I had to go through and whatever I had to endure, I knew that there was enough. I was coming out on the other side because the scripture says that he would take us through and those things would not harm us so that I would go through this situation with cancer, but I was going to come out on the other side. So that's how I encourage myself. But through the years, I've been able to witness to believers and unbelievers because it's not just unbelievers that cry with a report of cancer. We have to remind one another that God is able. That is my favorite saying, God is able. And I continue to tell people and, and, and show them that God is able. And not, no matter how bad it gets, he's going to bring you on the other side because it does get bad even with taking the medicine and the things that you have to go through, losing your hair and stuff, you got to continue to talk to yourself and stand on the word of God because you will get over. Amen. Amen. That is so powerful. And one scripture that stood out to me um, is Romans 8 and 28, that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and to those who are the called according to his purposes. And I think about that from the from the premise that nothing happens in in our lives except the Lord allows it. Now, God does not tempt us with evil, but there are times when, you know, things happen in our lives that are not pleasant or something that we may not agree with or we would not have chosen this journey. However, if God suffered it to be that he's going to get the glory out of your story. And I can say, you know, just by, you know, based on what you've heard so far um, here, I'm sure you're saying God is getting the glory out of these ladies' testimonies and out of their stories. And so I just thank God for that. And I just want to say another way that you can get get scripture in your spirit. There's like on YouTube, um, different people that are reading scripture, healing scripture. So you can go to YouTube and, and put in, um, you know, healing scriptures and they'll pop up and you can just allow those to, to, you know, be in your ear gate. And even as you're sleeping and resting, listening to those healing scriptures and they'll make a difference in your life. All right, ladies. Um, the next question, um, you know, breast cancer is complicated. It doesn't lend itself to a simple one size fits all solution. Uh -uh. So as you, you know, you're sitting on the other side of the, of the desk and you're listening to your doctor um, and you had to make a decision about your treatment plan. What stuck out to you or what helped you to shape your personal treatment plan? And then once you decided that treatment plan, um, what helped you to endure? Because I know for me, there were times when I, you know, after chemotherapy, that next week, when I'm laying in the floor and I would say, I'm not going back no more. I don't care. I'm done. I'm not doing it no more. And then by the time it's time to go back again, you know, the Lord has refreshed me and, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. And so I'm able to go another step. So what was it, you know, with your treatment plan and, and what helped you um, to get through? My treatment plan was after I was diagnosed and I went and um, Dr. Sinclair, my oncologist talked to me and she told, I didn't have a plan because I had no idea what was gonna happen until I sat down and talked to her and she explained what would happen. Um, and then I went through chemo and I, it, I did all right for the first treatment, but on my second treatment, I'll never forget, it was the first Sunday in March. I was planning on going to church and something just hit me. I start perspiring from, oh, from the top of my head all over. Something happened with that chemo, but I didn't want to give up because I know this would probably help save my life. So I kept going, I endured and I kept praying about it. 
And of course you hear other people when they find you, they give you the horror stories, but I just knew that I wanted to live for my grandkids and my children. So that's what gave me the push to keep going. And I just thank God that that was the decision I made. For me, I wasn't sure um, about what treatment plan I needed. Um, my cancer was a stage two, um, but my lymph nodes were negative. And I, um, I started reading um, because it took me a little minute to before I had surgery, but I started reading and I took a test um, was that um, Oncutype test, which determines um, whether or not you need um, need chemotherapy. Um, so my anything under a um, 17 um, or recurring score of 17, they say you don't necessarily need chemo. Mine was an 18. So it was um, recommended by my doctor um, that I do um, chemo. But just after I prayed about it, um, I just felt like it wasn't the right thing for my body. So I decided not to um, do chemo. And I did 40, I think 40, five rounds or so of um, radiation that burned me pretty badly. Mm. Um, and um, from that, um, I um, they found another mass. Um, so they, um, I started the treatment all over again. Um, and so currently uh, I am taking um, the tamoxifen um, hormone therapy. I was, I was diagnosed with triple positive breast cancer. There was a plan that the surgeon's office lays out. The, they sent me to an oncologist. The oncologist's office laid out a plan of uh, chemotherapy, uh, six rounds of chemotherapy, surgery, and post-surgery radiation. I um, felt uncomfortable with the doctor, so my next step was we had a second opinion. We ended up going with the second opinion. It was the same plan, but we felt more comfortable. We trusted the doctors there. Um, so we went with that team of doctors, which are still my doctors. Uh, but I ended up with, I did six rounds of chemotherapy, had surgery immediately following. And about a couple of weeks later, I started my radiation. I planned 29 rounds of radiation. Um, I, I did lose my hair. All, all chemotherapy doesn't require you or cause you to lose your hair. I did lose my hair, but I just cut it off once it started coming out um, to avoid that complication or, or whatever that may cause to some people. Um, once you make that decision to live, none of that stuff mattered to me. I just wanted to get through this process and come out on the other side as I have. Um, I just, I'm one that strongly recommends that if you don't feel super comfortable where you are to get a second opinion. I have frequently asked doctors, would you give this to your mother? If this was your mother, would you give this to your wife? Um, so when, when stuff comes up and, and it's an opportunity to make a decision where we get to make a decision for our bodies, I often say, well, what would you do if this was you or your mother or or whomever, your, your beloved. When I went to the doctor, the doctor that I had was Neil Christensen in Columbia, South Carolina. And right now he's in Charleston doing research. He was my daughter's doctor before mine's. My daughter had sickle cell anemia. So he was with us through that. She passed away a year before the cancer. So he was very serious about what he wanted to do for me and how he wanted to help me. I think it was compassion working through him. And when he told me the things that I had to do, no radiation, but chemotherapy and surgery. Uh, my daughter was surprised that, my oldest daughter was surprised that I was taking those steps. And I was taking those steps because God told me to go through. And it was three different um, courses of chemotherapy. I took the first one. 
And then the second one, they was calling it Red Devil. And I told them, before you put that in my arm, you have to change the name that y'all calling it. And the, you know you have to read each time they put on a different um, treatment and sign papers. Well, the last one was saying that you might stop breathing and we might have to stop the treatment. And I said within myself, God, I had enough. And he said, well, it is well. So I told them that I didn't want the chemo, didn't want to go any further. They sent me to Dr. Christensen. And he said, let me take you a little further. I said, you took me as far as God wanted you to. And he said, but if you just let me take you a little further, I'll give you more years to live. And I said, no, <laughs> my life is ordained in Christ. And he was a Christian, so. So I never finished the chemotherapy, and this is my testimony, and I praise God for it. I never finished the test, uh, um, the chemotherapy, and I didn't have the surgery, but I had the my mastectomy. I had that, and I had lymph nodes in my left arm. Until this day, sometimes those things um, irritate me if I'm doing certain things. But I was a nurse's aide during this time, and I and I did that work. I, I put that sleeve on and I did the work and God helped me with the lymphedema that I'm not walking around with lymphedema. When God healed me, he healed me. And so I would tell anybody to go before God and listen to how he instruct you because everybody's walk is different. And I praise him for my walk. It was rough times. And when uh, Sister Erica speak about the hair coming out, my hair was coming out, and that's not a pleasant thing to comb your hair and find your hair, your hair in your hand. So I sat my grandchildren down and gave them the electric razor, and they cut it off. My family walked through this with me, and that was strength that I needed. Even when we went to the doctor to see what was going to be done after the surgery, I didn't even speak. My daughter had became the mother. She told them, yeah, she wants this and she wants that. I didn't know. So God had her there for me to speak Amen. and to hear what they were saying because a lot of things that they were saying, I wasn't even hearing it. Praise God, because what you were saying, amen, that leads right into our next part that we're going to share. Um, because when people are being caregivers to someone that's been you know, diagnosed with cancer, it takes a different type, a different type of compassion, a different type of love, a different type of understanding. So just want us to kind of talk about that a little bit. And you were kind of right there. So I didn't want you to get too far over in there because I know, I mean, it sounds like you were taking us on a journey, woman of God. You're taking us on a journey, but definitely wanted to, to talk about that because that's so important. Sometimes people don't know how to support you. And I can just remember, um, you know, when I was on my bre on the breast cancer journey, I can remember having people that were there that prayed for me, that bought me dinner, that bought me juice and fruit and, you know, just different things to support me. I can remember, you know, just um, um, Lady J, um, take, you know, we, we went to the store to get some alkaline water in, in Charlotte and just people that were there to support um, me during that time. So what I want you all to do now is share with people you know, what's the best way or how should you support someone um, that's been diagnosed with breast cancer? What, what would you say um, to someone, um, a husband or, or, or a child or an, a loved one? I know you can't tell everybody. I do know that, but I do believe that it's not, you know, that it's not, God said, cast your burdens, cast your cares on the Lord, cast them because I care for you. He'll also put people around you that you can share with. You may not be able to tell everybody, but there's going to be people that genuinely love you, care about you, support you, that's going to be there to help and to assist you. So what would you say to, the, to those people um, that's in your life that are supporting someone that's been diagnosed with breast cancer? Well, I say that... Um, supporting someone with breast cancer, that you keep things as normal um, as possible. Um, you know, take take the cues from the person that is um, dealing with cancer. I, I know that, um, you know, during the treatment time, you know, it can be uh, an emotional roller coaster. Um, you know, a lot of times you're tired, you're fatigued, um, and um, 
some people want privacy and then some people don't. So I would, you know, I would definitely um, say to, you know, kind of see what, what the person dealing with cancer, what they need. Um, if it's something that you can do, if you can, you know, cook dinner um, or, you know, you know, clean up or any of those things. Um, but I would just say, um, keep it as normal as possible um, because, um, you know, you may have cancer, but cancer not, you know, doesn't necessarily have you. So I would just um, keep it as normal as possible for those persons um, and take your, take your cues from, from the person dealing with the cancer. Drew, my family was... I mean, they were so awesome for me. And so was my church family. Um, I didn't have to worry about anything, even though I couldn't eat anything. My son would go out and just buy whatever I, he thought I could have. He would buy it for me. Even though I couldn't eat, he would say, I spent $50 on my mama and she couldn't eat nothing I bought. And I couldn't. I wanted it, but it was because of the treatment, the taste of my mouth. My mouth had broken out. And I just, all I could do was drink water. But my house was clean. My nieces came. They cleaned every day. Someone was here going to the doctor. I never had to call and say, uh, take me here. They were always here ready to do whatever I asked them to do. Even though I was so weak, I couldn't even get out of the bed. And my pastor, Lady Jackson, my church family, they all came to my aid as I was going through. I, they never missed the first Sunday of coming to bring me communion. And that's why I love my church. I just say, I tell them they're my family. They are my family because without them, I don't know if I could have made it through it, but they gave me a reason to live. They brought positively to me. They brought Christ to me, even sometimes I didn't even want to hear from Christ. I don't know about nobody else, but sometimes I was just in that mode that I didn't, and I told Bishop that I just didn't want to hear from Christ. And that was when I was going through the worst time. I just didn't want to hear from him. Not that I didn't love him or anything. It's just, I just didn't want to hear because I was so sick, but I thank God for my family, my church family, and even some of my cousins that came and I had no worries because they were there. I didn't ask anybody. They just came. And I thank God for the love that they showed to me. And I know it was the love of God that he, that, that they showed me the love because they had the love of God in them. And I just thank God even every day for that. Amen. Amen. And just like those ladies, I am very grateful for my family who was very supportive. We had family, friends. Um, the best way to be there for somebody is just like Cheryl said, follow cues. Everybody's treatment is different. Everybody's body responds differently. I am grateful that I never was sick um, with, with what people normally see as people vomiting. I was never, I never had those issues. I was able to work through the whole time. Uh, my first three days uh, after any chemotherapy treatment, my first three days were just very tiring. I would work and come home and, and lay down and go to bed. I could not take strong smells. So you just have to be careful. You know, sometimes people bring you stuff and it's strong fragrances or foods. People want to do stuff to help, but sometimes that help is just not, um, you, you just can't bear the the scents or the fragrances at that time, but helping take care of children and helping clean house or whatever, it, as a caregiver, whatever you can find yourself to do, um, I think anything is helpful. I think I can say ditto behind all the women because um, we didn't all go through it the same way, but I had my daughter. I live in South Carolina in Columbia at the time and I'm from New York, so it was just myself and my daughter and my husband. I told my husband to continue to go to work. He was wanting to go to the um, therapy and stuff with me. I said, no, go to work. I, I was still working. I would go get my therapy on my lunch break and drive back to work. I just thank God because it was, it was the fourth stage of cancer. 
So I thank God for the experience of knowing that God is able because I think I've moved in with at least two people with cancer to help them through it. And the client that I have now, I'm working with a young lady that's 21, but her mother was going through cancer. So I was able to, to talk her through it and to it, she was inspired and she, she, she couldn't come out of her bed after therapy. But after the first session, the second and third was completely different because she was standing in God. She's a Christian woman and she was standing in God because somebody was there to remind her. So that's that's the basics of my testimony that I want to remind people that God is able. No matter what it is, it might be something other than cancer, but I want to be there to let them know that God is able no matter what the stage you're going in. And I thank God for my daughter because she knows her mother. She knows I like to be by myself. So she let me be by myself. But it, when it was time to go to the doctor, she was there with her, her notebook and writing down everything. She probably can tell you more today than I can tell you because I don't remember it. Isn't that amazing? Just how it just shows the father's love, just how much he loves us, how much he cares about us, how he protects us. That even in the midst of a trial or a storm, that my goodness, you could, you know, really think about it as being so insurmountable that you would think, man, you know, you would never forget that. But how God, his grace and his mercy, his compassion, his favor that he has on our lives and how he will take all the pain that we went through, all of the stress, all of the agony, everything that we went through, and then he will present it. As a, as a sweet smelling fragrance to somebody else, because somebody is being inspired today by your testimony. Somebody is being inspired today and encouraged. Someone is being empowered today by your testimony. And I think about, you know, the Hebrew boys and how, you know, at the end of the day, all they had to do was bow down. That's all they had to do is bow down. And they were not going to have to get thrown in the fiery furnace. But they refused to do that. They were not They were not going to serve any other God. They refused to bow their knee to any other God. And because of that, they went through that storm. They got thrown into the fiery furnace. But I love, 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 you know, just reading that Bible story and saying when they looked in again, that they threw in three, but when they looked in again, they saw four men walking loose. Come on. They saw four men walking loose. They were no longer bound. And the Bible says that when they came out of that furnace, their clothes were not singed and they did not even smell like smoke. So that is why, you know, you can look at these women today, although you're hearing their stories, you're hearing their testimonies, they don't look like what they've been through, not because of who they are, but because of the power of God, because of his love, because of his care for his daughters, that he's taken us through that journey and brought us out. We don't look like what we've been through. Come on, ladies, let me see you rock that real quick. We don't look like what we've been through. And we don't smell like smoke. So, man, that is a powerful, powerful thing. Um, just, just to know that God could trust you. I feel like, you know, when people have children and the children have like dis disabilities or, or uh, you know, challenges, and you can see that parent with that child, how loving, how kind, and just how they take care of that child. And you'd be like, they're great. You see that, that there's grace on their lives for that. God knew he could trust you. He knew he could, could depend on you, that when you're going through that journey, that you were going to come out and you were going to give him glory. I don't know about you, but there's been days in my life on the breast cancer journey that I had tears streaming down my face, snot streaming out of my nose, meat nothing here, but I'm still giving God glory. I'm Amen. still giving him praise because I Amen. knew without a shadow Amen. of a doubt that God was going to bring me out, that he's a faithful God. And Amen. if you're diagnosed or ever diagnosed, that's what I want you to believe. But that's me. But now I want you to hear from these ladies. If someone has been diagnosed with breast cancer, what is your word of encouragement? What do you want to say to them? Well, I would say, um, you know, speaking from my own experience, I think um, just having a support group. Um, again, I just can't um, stress it enough about um, being cognizant about what goes in your ear gate, um, that mm -hmm. um, you have to get around some positive people. And so um, I, I wanted to, um, I would say get around 
because people that can encourage you. So I, I wanted um, to be able to look at other survivors um, to say, um, to hear them say, I got through this and I know you can too. So I encourage you to find a support group or, or something or somebody that can encourage you with positive words. I remember when Erica came to the church and she was diagnosed and she was still letting us know she was going to be bald head and all that, that stuff, you know, and that, and when it came to me and that happened to me, I was encouraged because when I saw her, I saw how strong she was. And I said, God, you know, when you see people like that, that encourages you. And, and like I, uh, I always think, be, like Cheryl said, be around people who gonna encourage you, who gonna give you an encouraging word. Um, if anybody come negative, you stop them right then and say, no, I serve a mighty God. If God know, loves me and he knows I'm going through this, and I just want to give him the glory. And I would share like of the word of God. I was encouraged with what I learned in my process of going through. But I just thank God for other women that I saw that were strong and went through it and they survived. Because I think if they survive, I can survive too. And that is absolutely right. God is not a respect of persons. He loves us. And he wants what is best for us. Sometimes that is not as clear to us as we would like for it to be. Uh, we don't think that trials are, are supposed to happen to us, but they're meant to make us strong. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. So I considered that a weakness and thought, you know, I was told a couple of times if, if I didn't lose my hair, you wouldn't have even known that I was going through treatment. And that is, that is where I want it to be. To, to some some people that I was around that weren't believers, I wanted them to see how God could work through in and through me during this whole process. Some would say, well, you shouldn't be working. You should be at home. And I'm like, I need to be out and, and doing my regular scheduled things. But what I didn't know that I know now is once I went through my treatment, I then all of a sudden it seems like you just meet and know all of these people that I went through this so that I could be an encouragement. So we don't know why we go through things, why he chooses us to, to carry this weight. But at the same time, there's always a reason for it. And so if it's happening to you, stand strong. He'll bring you on the other side. And once he does, then you can share your story with others so that they can be encouraged and know that God will take care of you. And I would like to say to, to um, those that get a diagnosis, no matter what the diagnosis is, whatever they call it, whatever name, the name that they put to it, it's not greater than the name of Jesus. So, so I would... I would let them, I want you to know that whatever you go through, Christ is there. He took stripes for us. Amen. And that whatever they Amen. tell you, you've already been healed because he said it's finished. So any situation mm -hmm. we go through, we already have the antidote for it, Jesus Christ. And I would like to say to those that dare to help others, show Jesus, you know, um, let Jesus be seen in whatever you do. Sometimes you may never be able to do anything for that specific person, but somebody in their family might need you or something in their household might need to be done. Just be willing to move in any capacity that's needed. Sometimes the person that's going through, I think um, Sister Hawkins keeps saying, we got to know the needs of the person and the ways of the person and just be willing to go through with them be willing to feel their infirmity amen amen man i'm i'm inspired and pumped up um after hearing you ladies share um last but not least i'd love for you just to think about where you are right now today because what i want you to share is your after cancer outlook on life but also include what changes you may have made in your life because, you know, just to be true and transparent, I was the type of person that I didn't drink a lot of water. I probably didn't drink no water before cancer because I grew up, you know, drinking soda, drinking 
um, you know, sweet drinks all the time. So water wasn't good. So I didn't drink any water. But I found after, you know, going through this or, or while on this journey, I started looking at the things that I did that was not a that did not support taking care of being a good steward over the body that God had given me. The Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us and we are to be good stewards of our bodies. So just what are some things that sticks out to you, some changes, adjustments that you've made, um, your, your, your after cancer outlook on life and, and maybe some things that you've adjusted in your life to help you to take better care of your temple? Well, um, for me, um, there was a, a time where um, probably, you know, um, right after um, treatments and things of that sort, I was um, getting out and walking and, um, you know, trying to eat better, drinking more water. Um, I've kind of gotten off track, um, but... Um, just in the past couple of weeks, I have um, started drinking water more. Um, I, I still, um, you know, experience a lot of fatigue. And um, right now I have lymphedema. So um, it's, um, it's been bothering me. So i you, not as active as I need to be. But um, I would say um, that um, cancer changed my life forever. So I encourage, you know, anybody um, that, you know, gets a cancer diagnosis to, um, to live life, you know, to live life, you know, it's, it is not a death sentence. So I encourage them to, to live life. Um, you're going to experience changes, changes, you know, in your skin, your breast, um, where, you know, you, you probably feel a certain way, uh, about it, but, um, I have had the fear of reoccurrence. So, but I know that there's things that I can do to be able to help me. And again, you know, getting back active, walking, um, you know, drinking water, eating better, those things are things that can help me. Of the changes I've had, well, I drink a lot of water. Um, that's one of the main drinks that I have is I drink a lot of water. Um, Cancer has, and with the treatment, it has left, I'm a diabetic. So it left me, which I didn't have before I had the cancer. Um, it left me with neuropathy in my feet and my hands, which I had never had before. And uh, they don't understand what happened, but you know, that's another thing that I have to deal with. And I do be in pain with my feet when I'm walking, if I stand too long, but I, overcome it. And I, that's why I don't do a lot of walking. Um, but I changed my deodorant. I don't use anything with, um, oh gosh, you can't think of the word. Metals. Um, aluminum. Thank you. Yeah. Aluminum. And then I changed that. I try to be careful what I put on my body now. Um, so I try to eat healthy, some, I fail a lot at that, but I'm trying. But I just tried, like I said, have my mammograms and um, just try to um, just get myself, I need to get myself back on the track of exercising and um, just eating healthy. And I think everybody should eat healthy and they should mind what they put in their mouth. They should mind even deodorant. You got to be careful with Anything with aluminum in it, you need to get rid of it. So that's what I say. And I agree um, right with both of Sister Helen and Cheryl that um, eating right is one of the things uh, my family had just recently um, changed to all organic and all natural as much as possible right before I received the diagnosis. So it was kind of funny to us because it's like, okay, now we just change and, and here comes this diagnosis. But I also think it was the way the Lord was preparing us for what was to come. So we continued on that journey. I completely 100% cut sugar off the day that I received the diagnosis and I lost a whole bunch of weight. So the doctors, uh, I had to change, adjust all of that. But um, I, I wear a, um, an activity tracker, so I get to make sure I get at least 30 minutes of activity a, a day um, in some form of exercise or another. Walking is a great way um, 
to get exercise, but I would highly encourage you, whether you have been diagnosed or not, to watch and read labels for everything that you put in your body and everything that you put on your body. A lot of things have parabens, P-A-R-A-B-E-N-S. A lot of things have parabens in them. You will see now a lot of companies are marketing items and they'll say paraben free. Um, you want to go with those items. They're not necessary, so I'm not sure why it's allowed in our products, but um, a lot of things like those that can cause us harm, we put deodorant under our arms with aluminum to stop the sweating, which our body needs to do to release toxins. So if you keep toxins in, then they eventually can become tumors. Um, so just things like that. We did a lot of research um, and made a lot of changes. So some of the changes we might have made on the back end, you can make on the front end and, and do things that be, to, to be considered preventative. I've changed my diet as well as I can. I can probably do more. I water and I walk a lot. Um, but my focus is living life and not just living life for me, but for others so that I be who God called me to be and the gifts and the talents that's in me will be shared for others. So my, my purpose in life is to do God. And, and I know maybe y'all don't want to hear that, but that's just, that's, that's what keeps me. Um, the mothers in the church was telling me that I probably got the cancer because my daughter died a year before. So I've learned how to cast my cares on Jesus and not hold it in. If it hurt, he's going to know about it. Amen. So whatever you're, you're struggling with, cast it on Jesus and be free because stress is an element that can bring cancer on. So just cast everything on Jesus and live life. Amen, very good, very good. And there are three things that I just wanna highlight that were mentioned. One of them is exercise. So making sure that we exercise every day. And there is a study out that actually shows that exercise actually reduces the likelihood that you'll get breast cancer. And then secondly, it also reduces the likelihood that you'll have a reoccurrence. So let's make sure if you haven't been diagnosed that you're exercising, if you have been diagnosed that you're exercising, we definitely want to do that. The second one is to remove stress, to remove stressors out of your life. Cast all your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. You know, we're not supposed to carry these burdens around, but we're supposed to cast care, not carry care. So let's make sure that, you know, we're, we're finding ways to release stress. Exercise helps to release stress. Isn't that something? So we want to definitely do that. We want to release that stress. And thirdly, ask the Holy Spirit. He will tell you. He will tell you what you need to do. So Mother uh, mother Helen, I want to say about the neuropathy um, that you're experiencing, I had that. I, and I had um, what they call chemo-induced arthritis. And I went to the doctor. They gave me some medicine. I Googled the medicine. The medicine said it could cause something to, to go wrong with your heart. It could cause heart issues. So uh -huh. I, I waited. But I prefer something to be wrong with my heart or with my knee. It was a no-brainer. So, yeah. you know, so I stopped taking the medication. So I'm not telling anybody to stop taking the medication, but I will say this, pray and ask the Holy Spirit what you need to do, and he will give you directions because that's what I did. Prayed about it, read up on that medicine, prayed about it, stopped doing the medication and started doing the exercise and, and the stretching and all those kind of things. And, you know, God released me from that. Because I was telling the Lord, God, you know, hey, I'm I'm 50. At that time, I was 50, 51 years old. I can't be walking like I'm 83, Lord. We're going to have to fix this, Father. What do we need to do? Ask him. Ask him what do you need to do, and he's going to give you directions and instructions. And I want to share two small facts, and then we're going to have our final thoughts. Um, fact number one is this. Um, in the U.S., there are more than 2.9 million breast cancer survivors, and that was in 2019. So in 2019, there was... Um, you know, almost 3 million survivors. So that's to say, if you get that diagnosis, we believe in, you know, by God, that if you get a diagnosis, you're going to be among those that is going to be a survivor. 
We're believing that. We're believing that with you. We're believing that, that you're going to survive this thing. If you're going through it right now, you will survive this thing. We're standing in agreement with you right now. You will survive this thing. This thing will not take you out. God's going to get the glory out of your story. And last fact that I want to share is this. Um, every two minutes, a case of breast cancer is diagnosed. So, hey, every two minutes, somebody else is getting that that phone call or or that call back or whatever. Um, I wrote a book that I talked about my, you know, when I went back in for my call back, how many people were actually in the room and just how that that moment felt. I mean, it's just an, an unnerving feeling. But when you know you're not the only one. So sometimes you feel uh -huh. like, why me? How could this happen to me? Know that you're not the only one. You're not the only one, but God's going to use this moment to get the glory out of your life. And so right now, I just want to have um, final final thoughts from, from our panel. I want to celebrate these awesome, phenomenal survivors. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being transparent and sharing um, with us a part of your story, a part of your testimony. The word of God says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I declare and decree that somebody, because you were here today on T.O.P. Talks Breast Cancer, their lives are going to be changed. You actually helped them to put a comma where they had put a period and they're turning the page and they're moving forward in their lives in Jesus name. So now we can have those final thoughts. Um, from each of you right now? Um, I would say, you know, being diagnosed with breast cancer, um, it was a tough blow. Um, but I feel extremely blessed that um, it was caught in the early stages, early enough that, um, you know, I, I, I could get through it. Um, and I just, you know, encourage people to talk, talk with your family uh, about your diagnosis. Um, if you have some close friends that you can talk to, um, you know, that you want to talk to those people that's going to encourage you, let them know, let them help you, you know, deal with any emotions that you might be um, feeling and um, because it affects them as well. So those ones that are close to you, just as much as it probably affects you it probably affects them so i i encourage um you know you to to, to share and um help them help let them help you along in this journey my last thoughts is please get your mammogram if you have cancer that's running your family Make sure you get your annual mammogram. Don't put it off because this could save your life. And I just thank God that he died for us and he already knew what we were going to go through, but he gave us the strength to get through it. And I just believe that if you look to God, he would give you the strength to get through it and He's always going to be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. So you can always depend on God. That's how I feel about it. And I, I would have to agree with the both of these ladies. Uh, God has our backs. And I believe that he wants to help us. He wants to heal us. We do realize that even while I'm speaking, that everybody does not come out on the same end. Um, I, I also dealt with that fact when I was diagnosed and my family and I talked about it. I felt like I was going to come out on this side, but I said, even if I don't, I still know that God is able. So I never lost hope. I never lost the fact that God is God and he is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do. I am grateful that I, I have gone through that journey and I'm grateful to have the testimony to share with others. It may be you, a newly diagnosed diagnosis that needs to be encouraged. Um, reach out to someone. There are support groups. There are also, there's nothing wrong with seeking therapy, um, even post-treatment, uh, because sometimes things just, sometimes somebody, you need to talk to somebody to understand where you're coming from. And so sometimes that may be another survivor and sometimes it may be therapy. Um, and that is absolutely fine. Um, so I just encourage you to have hope, 
staying strong. If you're going through treatment, keep going through and come out on the other side. Amen. I want to encourage every woman to get your mammogram because I am the ninth child of 10 children. No breast cancer in my family, not even my aunts. I don't know anybody in my family that had breast cancer. I had no signs, no lumps, no pain. So it would behoove you to get those examinations, amen, because we don't know what's coming or, or what's there. So I thank God for the mammogram because I was in fourth, the fourth stage of it. And I had a mammogram the year before that. So I just thank God for the victory. And I thank God for knowing that he's able. And that's what I want to leave with you today. No matter what goes on in your life, God is able. Mm -hmm. All right, ladies, go on and unmute yourselves. And let's celebrate each of our survivor sisters. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. Celebrate your life. Celebrate using you in the earth to be an example of how he is Jehovah Rophe. He is still in the healing business. He's still in the healing business. And I would be amiss if I didn't take just a moment. Uh, When I was diagnosed back in 2012, my sister Lisa, Lisa was diagnosed in 2010. So it's because of her, because of her steadfastness and encouraging me to, to go to the doctor, encouraging me because I didn't think I had breast cancer. I felt something under a little small pea under my arm. I wouldn't have never thought that, but I just want to thank her and celebrate her life and her legacy. And just know, like Erica said, everybody doesn't make it make it to survivorship. However, we also believe that blessed are they that die in the Lord because they rest from their labor. So we believe however God does it, he still gets the glory. We still yes. um, thank God for um, just being who he is in our lives. And I want to thank you for being here today with T.O.P. Talks Breast Cancer Awareness. It has been our privilege to share um, this time with you today. It's been my privilege to share um, with this fine panel, these fantastic, phenomenal, beautiful ladies that took the time um, to be transparent and share their stories with us today. So I want to say thank you again. You enjoy the rest of your day, ladies, and y'all thank you. And I know um, if you need to talk to someone, you can reach out to any one of us. I think we're all, are we all on social media? Um, but definitely you can um, reach out to, to Tabernacle of Praise. Um, um, the ladies there will be so, so glad to help you. I'm glad to help you. If you want to hit me up in my inbox, just let me know if I can assist you in any way. God bless you. Thank you so much again. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Top Talk. Be sure to visit our podcast and Facebook page for new episodes and to get caught up on some of the ones you may have missed. Be blessed.